Welcome into South of Scruffy Podcast. I'm Ben Fields. This is my podcast. We're here. You guys doing all right? How's my Patreon crowd doing? John Trippett in New York. Matt Zach in Memphis. Jonathan Williams in Knoxville. Shout out, you ballers. Thanks for being patrons of the podcast. And uh, Gen Pop, how are you guys? Everybody good? Thanks for being here. Man, we got a uh, we got a good one for you today. I got Ryan Daly. Ryan Daly is here. Uh, Ryan Daly is a cinematographer and a damn good one. He uh, works with the Tombras Group, which if you don't know, it's a pretty large advertising agency that started in Knoxville. And uh, while they've grown into other markets and states, big cities, uh, large portions of their people still live here in Knoxville and are headquartered out of here. They've got a big building in downtown Knoxville on Gay Street. Sweet place. State of the art, man. Uh, but Ryan Daly helped uh, Tombra start the in-house video production department back in the day. And uh, I remember when he did that, actually, because he called me on the phone. And it was the uh, it was the only time that uh, Ryan and I have ever spoken before today's chat. He actually looked it up on his phone to see when it was before we uh, or right when we started the pod today. So. Uh, but I love the guy. He's great. It was good to talk to him. The episode is also up on YouTube. If you want to check it out there, the South of Scruffy YouTube page. Uh, and also no updates on the Rubik's Cube personal records uh, this weekend or uh, the competition between me and the listeners. 45 seconds is still the shop record. You guys need to step it up because there's swag on the line. Uh, if you send me proof that you solved a Rubik's Cube in less than 45 seconds. And uh, also... Theo Vaughn is performing at the Tennessee Theater this weekend, and there are still tickets available for both of those shows on Saturday, October 2nd. So early show starts at 7, late show starts at 9.30, something like that. And uh, some of you may know that uh, we almost had Theo Vaughn on the show before his stand-up shows this weekend at the Tennessee Theater. I had plans to go to Nashville and do a remote podcast with Theo, but it did not happen, and I'm sorry for the false alarm, but we're going to get him next time, all right? I think that's enough business for today. You guys ready for the chat with me and Ryan Daly? Here's my talk with my guy. We're doing the podcast. So when was the last time we talked before tonight? Oh, let me check. <laughs> I guess we saw each other in Bristol. Yeah, I saw you in Bristol a few years ago, but it was like we were passing, working yeah. on different different things at the time. Right. It's Bristol, baby. Yeah. Uh, okay. Thursday, May 15th, 2014 at 9 a.m. All right. That's the last time we talked. What? So you were, I remember it. I, I, told, I talked to Ryan Reed about it. So you, you were like going out of the country to shoot something. I was going to Norway. Okay. I had been at the company for a year. At like, Tombra's? Yeah. And like was just blown away that I was going to do this, but also like terrified. Really? Yeah. But uh, April was like... You're going to have to like figure out, you know, how to get the gear in and out of the country. I was like, why? <laughs> like, I was like, I didn't understand why. She's like, there's like a, a carnet you got to get. She's like, okay, look, I got this guy. You're going to call him. We're going to have a conversation about it. And yeah, you like walked me through like what I had to do. <laughs> and I, I was like, <laughs> okay, so like it was very important that you got the carnet signed. Like, uh, is it? When you get there and then when you come I back. I don't remember. Yeah, I think it's both. Both. Yeah. So you're you're basically filling out like this this inventory sheet of everything that you're taking over there because you're taking hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of gear yeah. in some cases and they want to make sure that you're not just selling it over there tariff free. Right. You know. Which I guess happens. I don't know. I mean yeah. I don't know. But well, <laughs> I think it matters in countries where it's like th everything's taxed thirty five percent. Sure. You know? Yeah then they, they got to be careful that you're not bringing a bunch of cameras in and, and selling them. So they want to make sure that everything you bring in, you took it out with you. Right. That's what the carnet is for, I think. So, yeah, yeah. No, that, that sounds all right yeah. to me. <laughs> but anyways, we got to Norway and uh, I like, I, I feel like we were looking for where I needed to get this sign for an hour. And we were like, look, let's just go. Like, <laughs> is it that big of a deal? Like the creative director I was with, I was like, I don't know, man. I think it's pretty important. And he was like, let's just go. We'll be fine. And I, I never got it signed. 
You didn't? And when I came back to the U.S. and went through customs, they didn't ask me about it. All right. But I had the documentation, and I felt like that was important. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> everything you, was serial numbers, how much it cost. Yeah. Everything was listed out. You did the fire drill. Yeah. Yeah. If you wouldn't have done it. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's you'd be, you'd a, there's a story the that comes with that. <laughs> really? Did that happen? We went to Barbados, and uh, I didn't have, like, a whole ton of gear. But I still had like a big Pelican case. I kind of like stuffed a lot of stuff in it. Full of commercial filmmaking equipment. Exactly. Yeah. And when I went, when we went through customs at Barbados, I was like, hey, like it wasn't a carnet, but it was like an official document. And like the producer that lived in Barbados, like had all this thing printed out for me. And she was like kind of guiding that. And um, anyways, like they looked through the cases and signed it off. Like, yeah, all this stuff is here. So when I got back to the US, Miami, like I was like grabbing my case, walking, you like, cause you get it all, like off of the customs or whatever. Then you walk through customs and then you check it again. And um, like border patrol or whatever they're called, border control. Yeah. Passport control. <laughs> I don't know. And customs. Called. I, I think guess they're, they're two part separate of, things. Yeah. It was customs. Yeah. yeah. So they were like, hey, boy, what do you got? What do you got in there? I was like, ah, oh, it's just camera equipment. They're like, can you come with us? And so they took me aside and like, this guy was not having a good day. And he was like, legally, I should confiscate all this. And what? you would have to like hire a lawyer and it's going to cost you like this much money. And it's like, I was like, well, I, I got it signed by them in Barbados. He's like, well, how do we know that they're not lying? I was like, <laughs> what? Diplomacy. <laughs> like, like relationships with other countries, I would assume. I was like, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, I was working with the producer. This is what they told me to do. That's what I did. And here we are. Like, I, like, I don't know. Like, don't, don't you have to prove that I'm don't lying? Don't take my gear. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I don't know. I, he like had to talk to his boss and like pull a couple strings for me. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know. Oh man. So he let us go. Did you but, grease his palm? <laughs> yeah. Give him a hundred bucks? Yeah. yeah. No, he, I don't know. He, he needed let, something he to go. do. He needed something to do, I bet. Like, it was literally like he just walked out of the office and saw like a big case rolling by. He's like, hey, bud, come here. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> come on over. This would be fun. Well, what were you working on when you went to Norway when we last spoke and you found it on your phone somehow? In yeah. The, in the calendar invite. <laughs> <laughs> that was for a, um, like a Norwegian um, furniture company called Stressless. Oh, cool. So they, Ekronis is like the mother brand. Yeah. Stressless, um, which they have like, I don't know what the furniture store here is, but they sell them here. Anyways, but they're, they're just like recliner chairs and very expensive. We even got like a discount for a while and I ended up, um, it was a pretty solid discount. Was it? And they're like $3,000 chairs. Yeah. So I, I, I was like talking to my parents and my in-laws and they both wanted one. And so I like facilitated getting this like really steeply discounted $3,000 <laughs> chair <laughs> And like making it seem like I was getting both of them, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. So it it was for that, yeah. It was for their website. We were like um, relaunching their website, so it was a lot of content for their website. And cool, it was it was like storytelling, which was cool. But it was me, um, a creative director, and like an art director. And that was it. Small crew, small crew. And you're like what twenty four at the time. Or I was young? probably twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah. So you're fresh out of fresh out of school. Yep. Yeah. 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 Did, I, I started. Uh, I started at Tombris. Like, I hadn't finished my final exams at UT yet. Oh wow. Yeah. So you've been there the whole time. You've been out of school. Yeah. Heck yeah, dude. Yeah. That's 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 the American dream, man. Finding <laughs> you a job you can handle. <laughs> I guess. I. It's funny enough. Like this year, I found out. I was talking to my dad, um, and he celebrated. I want to say 30 years in his company. See, this is old school family values right here. Go get <laughs> you a good job, work hard yeah. for a long time. And we we have we have the, the same work anniversary. Oh, like really? we found that out this year, yeah. Which is crazy. <laughs> I didn't even we didn't even know that until like, this year. Are you turning into your parents? <laughs> uh, I hope not. <laughs> hope they don't hear, hear this. <laughs> no, yeah, it that's I think that's very like rare nowadays. Like I know, I know, like all the people I started with that went to UT, like were friends of mine. Like they're they've gone to a bunch of different agencies and yeah, people seem to move around. move around a lot more than they used to. Yeah, in decades past. I don't know whether what's good or bad, but yeah, I've I've been on the journey at Tombris for 
eight years now. I love it. Yeah. What like what got you into it? Were you into making pictures as a kid or growing up? So grew I, up here. I grew up in well. So I was born in West Tennessee, Jackson. Okay. okay. Um, and then like at second grade, moved to Charlotte. Okay. So I grew up in Charlotte. Okay. Um, and then went to UT. But Dad, um, dad's job or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He he like it's like a textile fiber yarn company and that's really big in North Carolina. So yeah. it was like cotton was huge. Yeah. It was like bringing over that, um, branching their business off into North Carolina. Cause he was flying there like weekly. Is he a manufacturing like supply chain kind of dude or like, well, he was, he was like sales side. Oh, okay. Um, and right now he's like head of the fiber side. Okay. And they have a plant in Morristown. So like every now and then he'll yeah. like, is it Inca? No, it's no? called Jones company. Okay. But I, they probably use like, uh, there's a bunch of textile mills up yeah. or used to be in Morristown and pretty much built that whole town, I think. Yeah. Factory jobs. Yeah, I think so. I think. Could be wrong. Well, so when did you move to, to Knoxville to go to school? Yeah, 2009. Okay. Um, I, yeah, basically, I mean, I wanted to go to UT, but it was out of, out of state and that was like a big deal. Yeah. Like I remember like my parents being like, if this is what you want, like you, <laughs> you can do it, but, but it was it's like, gonna hurt. yeah, it's going to hurt. <laughs> um, but I, I, like I played in the pride for two years, played oh, snare. Cool. Oh, and in, in the, in the, uh, uh, marching band, in the marching band. Yeah. The pride of the Southland marching band. That's right. They were looking good this last weekend. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so that's, that's what kind of like drew me to UT. Um, I had like a really good audition. I was going to like minor in music, um, and then like major in business. I wanted to do like music business, Gotcha. That was like what I wanted to do. So like MTSU was a big front yeah, runner. I remember hearing that. Maybe Belmont too. Does mm -hmm. Belmont have just yeah. like virtue of being in Nashville? Right. Yeah. And then App State was like a really good music business program. Uh, yeah. That's where my wife went to school. Really? Yeah. Um, so were you a drummer growing up or did you play all the instruments or what? Uh, mostly drummer. I, I picked up like guitar for a little bit, but... Um, do you have brothers and sisters around? I've got an older brother and a younger brother. Okay. Bert and Adam. Middle of three boys. Yep. They do music too? Um, my brother always joked that he played the CD player. Okay. When you were a kid. So. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> that's not really. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just. I, you like, were the one? I was the one. My dad like um, could sing really well and he was like in, you know, church choir and stuff like that. Goes perfectly with the drums. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I remember like I was always just like beating on like pots and pans and like yeah. tables and in the car and stuff. So my parents were like, would you want a drum set? I was like, that'd be sick. Please, stop, yeah, that'd be awesome. ruining our things. <laughs> yeah. So did you do marching band in high school? I did. Did you yep. play sports too or just I band? did not play sports. I guess I, you got to choose. You either got to be on the field yeah. at halftime or right. the rest of the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> I uh, I played golf. Okay. Um, so I was like on in middle school on the golf team. But other than that, yeah, just, just band. Okay. I, was, I was a band dude. Cool. And then uh, two years with the Pride of the Southland marching band. Yep. Going, doing doing music business or just business business well, I kind of like dropped, some music I dropped the minor like pretty quickly yeah. and uh yeah so I I graduated with like a marketing degree with okay. collateral and entrepreneurship but um oh sweet yeah I was like I kind of dropped the music business thing I was like yeah. just business um but stayed with the arts <laughs> yeah yeah stayed with stayed with the arts um so like back to like how did I get into it I was like I was in I had a band growing up, uh, me and a couple dudes, and we like. I bought like one of those PreSonus like eight input. Uh, what are those called, Sam? You know, like oh, like an audio interface, right? Is that yeah. that right? Yeah. So I, I like had one of those, and we would just like record all the time onto the computer. Yeah, 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 and like I just loved that, and and then we like our senior year we were like raised enough money to like get in a actual studio and like record a record. Did it sound that much better? Because people started like Bon Iver and like didn't Billie Eilish yeah. make an album in garage band? Yeah, like, for sure. I mean, honestly, like probably not, but it was like <laughs> nice that someone was like doing this and like, yeah. they were going to master it, you know? Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. sweet. We've never done that, you know? <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I mean that, that like, was a huge part of my like life, like in high school and middle school. And I started getting into like photography then. Okay. Just with like, 
the band and stuff. I yeah, don't know. so you're into the tech side of stuff already. You had yeah, the computer. You're you're bringing the stuff in. You're editing it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I, I really didn't even like get into video per se, like until probably college. Um, Did the stills thing draw you into it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I picked up like a. This is crazy. Um, so my wife and I both had like the same exact like first camera. Which, like, we found out, like, years later. What, what like, was it? Literally, like, we had, like, junk boxes from, like, college or something like that. And we're like, yeah. wait, you had that camera? It's like, I had that camera. <laughs> like, it wasn't one of these brownies, was it? No, no, no. It was, like, a Fuji film. Like, I, all I remember about it was, like, you could view 100 pictures at a time. Like, oh. you, the screen was touchscreen. You could, like, pull out and see 100 photos at a oh, time. Oh, wow. It was just like a. So it was a digital camera. Yeah, it was a digital camera. Okay. But that was like my first camera. Okay. Um, that's like what I got into. I remember like going on vacations and taking pictures of like flowers and with a point and shoot. Yeah. <laughs> Have a zoom on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You framing stuff up a little different. Yeah. Figuring figuring out the the machine. Right. 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 <laughs> and then and then well, I'm gonna guess that you got a hold of a 5d at some point yeah and we're taking pictures with that yeah and then flip the switch to video right yeah is that <laughs> i mean i had i had a nikon actually oh there you go crazy which one d3100 i think okay. was the first like dslr owned okay. so that was like cool and you know and that still honestly when i bought that was like for stills and yeah. then like i started shooting video and like getting into that and like exploring what that world was like yeah when dslr started shooting high definition video that could easily play at resolution on every yeah. flat panel television in America. Yeah. Like it kind of changed the game a little bit. People don't, I don't think people give that enough um, recognition for being like a huge like dog leg in the industry. Yeah. yeah <laughs> the trajectory I mean, of, of the format. Right. And filmmaking as a craft. Yeah. It became accessible to so many more people. Yeah. At, in a, on a professional level. Well, I, I mean, I remember still like my first year at Tombris, like I remember, you know, Charlie Andrews. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I remember him being like, like they were working with people that were shooting on DSLRs and like we, we had like some Panasonic, like a, like a Vericam or something. It was like a ACH 100 or something okay. like that, but I don't remember. Um, but like, I was like, we need to get a DSLR. And Charlie Andrews was like, yeah, we should get one. Cause that's what we're using. like on people, like with people outside, outside the house. Did, did you ever work with beef and pie? I never did. I mean, I know beef and pie pretty well though, but yeah. I never was on set with him. It, it seemed like, like right around the time you came on is when beef and pie kind of yeah. started tapering off a little bit and just doing like big farmer Charlie stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, for Tombra's, um, was that the beginning of like uh, an internal production arm at Tombris when you got on there? Because I don't remember it, there being a whole lot of people over there that were that had cameras in their hands. It was mostly yeah. account people and right. creatives. So um, when I got hired, uh, there was a guy that did motion graphics. Okay. And That's an interesting first move. I like that. Though. I think basically what happened is they had a client that, they could justify like hiring somebody because yeah. there was so much work for it. Right. Um, and this guy like did titles and intros and stuff for the NFL. Cool. That was like his big thing. Knew his stuff, knew how to work quickly. Yeah. <laughs> but also like terrible employee. Um, yeah. Big, like, I don't know. I could say a lot of bad things, but I don't really yeah. want to, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't need to. Yeah. I don't need to. Um, but he, he was crazy. Like I just like, yeah. I mean, his life was in, a weird spot i guess yeah but um he ended up like he w he didn't come to work for three weeks and i was like checking on him i was like hey dude like where are you at man like people are asking like yeah are you working from home and he was just like having like trouble with like family and like his kid and stuff but i ended up like helping him out in, in a couple ways but like he like he had to leave like he got fired you know yeah so then it was just me it was just me at tombris you were the only person in the any kind of image capture yeah. capacity and this is like image be creation before year one like that all happened like i'm like fresh out of college and oh, like wow. this guy's not showing work for three weeks i'm like what's yeah. like, <laughs> left yeah. holding the bag at yeah. a huge agency yeah you guys had what 100 people at the time employees 100 or? people yeah that's how, that's where we were at, at the time yeah um but yeah like it was crazy and 
I remember like we we bought some gear, like the I remember like an art director, creative director. No, he was an art director at the time. He was like he he could shoot really good photos. So like any like like Bristol or like yeah, uh, we we had I guess um, like Kentucky Motor Speedway, Atlanta Motor Speedway, all those all the Bruton Smith tracks, all the Bruton Smith tracks. Yeah. So like he would he had been going to those to get like billboard stuff or like wow banner ads so you had an art director shooting stills yeah cool. and he was like dude you should come and shoot fo- like video footage of this and i was like okay that was like my first like shoot with them like with tombers so what were you hired to do okay i was hired to be a digital project manager okay so what's I had, that mean um so like digital department is all like online um basically the people making websites all the yeah. coders developers um so and you're helping create content to populate websites. I wasn't creating content, but I, you know, I was like, and I was so new to it. Like I, they were like, I was in, I remember being in meetings and them talking about all these like website terms. And I was like, you were in over your I head. I had no idea what they're talking about. It's <laughs> the best way to learn. I feel yeah. like. <laughs> Absolutely. Just um, nod and then go Google everything. Yeah. You heard <laughs> yeah. Right afterwards. Um, but like a month into working, um, uh, Charlie Thomas called me in his office and he's like, Hey, I, I looked over your resume again. It said you had a couple like, you know, did some video experience. You had like wedding videos. And I, I'd done like videos at this time for, um, like I was involved at the BCM on campus, like a, a ministry on campus. So okay. I was doing stuff for them like throughout college. And honestly, like when I got hired, I, I didn't think doing that as for my career was like an option. Making videos? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just thought it was a hobby and like, I was good at it and it mm. was fun. And like, at that point I was doing like a couple weddings. Um, but other than that, I mean, it was just like, I think I did have like a couple few like freelance gigs in, in college, but, um, but I not a career path that you saw. I did not think it was a, you career had a marketing path. degree. You were going to go work at an agency and yeah. be an yeah. account guy or right. digital asset yeah. management. <laughs> I mean, I, I I did like have like a heart to heart, like talk with my dad my senior year because I was like not really doing good in school. I had to take accounting like three times. <laughs> Surprisingly, I graduated in four years, <laughs> but um, it's a business degree. Yeah. In marketing. But I was telling him, I was like, I don't know, like I'm really into this film stuff. Like, should I like quit and go to film school? Is like, that's what I should like, is that what I should do? And he was like super supportive. My dad's always been supportive. He's always been like my biggest cheerleader, but he was like, if that's what you want to do, like, yeah, like I think you should do that. But also you're so close to graduating, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it didn't really make sense. So, and that's always been like, I've always thought about that. Like I've always been interested in like people who go to film school, people who don't go to film school. And like, I don't know. I remember listening to a lot of like good podcasts good the podcast you know what i'm talking about oh no do you know jared hogan <laughs> no. uh-uh. and christian schultz no that's a good, it's a good podcast okay well i gotta check it out it's, it's, called, I, it's called good okay um you said the good podcast and i was like go on <laughs> <laughs> you mean mine <laughs> <laughs> um anyways uh jared hogan he he and christian schultz like host that christian schultz is like from music bed he's like a director now but okay. um I so I, I I had an internship one summer um at Elevation Church in Charlotte and that's where I met Jared Hogan and um Bernardo Sullivan and like a couple other people that are like I really looked up to. I, I still look up to them. Um but anyways, that that was kind of monumental and and that experience was video project management. Okay. Right? So that's how I kind of like got the job at So it, it was adjacent to the job description that you yeah. found your way. Yeah, it was like into. digital video. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Sure. He's got right video experience, so that's cool. Yeah. But um so Charlie Thomas calls you into his office and says, "Hey kid." Yeah, he was I like, "I hear you got a future in the pictures, kid." <laughs> yeah. He was like, "Would you like to like this to be your job?" And I was like, yeah like you think i can do that (laughs) yeah i'll do that (laughs) yeah you start off with like i gotta be honest man i have no idea what i'm doing (laughs) yeah um but i mean this was like the beginning of video timbers so it was like there wasn't like i had to be this tall to ride you know it's like yeah just no just we were starting it had to be faster than the bear right yeah (laughs) and uh i mean at that point everything was out of house obviously um so yeah it was cool it was like I, I mean, that first couple of years, I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, I can't believe this is what I'm doing. 
as a job and I'm getting paid to do it. That's good to have that bit of gratitude and appreciation for what you're doing. Yeah. So many people lose that. I feel like when you get to, when you've been doing something for a long time, yeah. I think it's important to keep that and appreciate what you've got. Cause digging ditches sucks. Yeah. You yeah. know, moving earth. No, nah, no fun. <laughs> Putting roofs on houses is not for me. Yeah. You know, I'm very appreciative to be able to make things for people's eyeballs <laughs> right. to take in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah it, it's, I think, uh, I mean, I like, I'm at the point now where I hate talking about the pandemic, but that was like a huge thing for me of like really? just being like grateful for, for what I've yeah, been able to do thus far in my life. And just like take, like when you take that completely away, like when you take the ability to pick up a camera and like yeah. work on a, on, on a set, like yeah. you got to really find out what your purpose is yeah. at that point. Yeah. It was, it was a nice like reset, I feel like. So how did you guys like, I don't know, how did the company deal with that? Because you guys are huge at this point. A couple hundred, 300 people? We're like pushing 600. When the pandemic started? Um, Probably. Dude, that is absolutely insane. Yeah. I mean, as far as I know, like I know there were a couple of clients that potentially backed out and maybe that caused some like furlough of account teams or whatever. But as far as I know, I think it was like, they didn't, they didn't furlough a lot of people. It was just basically our department because like we, we couldn't do anything and editors could still edit. So they were there, but like there was like three weeks where we were just like sitting at home, like waiting for the call, you know? Right. (laughs) It's like they can't pay us. Oh dude, we, everything, I'm pretty sure our calendar just got empty in about three days. Just like everybody canceled everything. So we, it's like, sorry, we don't know what's going on. Just cancel everything we, where people have to be in the same room. Yeah. We we were shooting a Zaxby's um, like March Madness thing. And like we started getting like all this information like college football is done for the year. Like, we're like what? Or like, yeah, or the, like the like, SEC tournament when they canceled the basketball that's SEC what it was. tournament. It was like, what? Yeah. And we're, we're like, we're doing March Madness like like one one liners like yeah march it, madness we, starts in like 10 days at this point yeah <laughs> and like they're like like literally two hours before we wrapped we found out that like it was canceled and we're like well i guess i guess we shift to like non-sports related like line you know like, <laughs> all right throw a mask on him, <laughs> yeah. get, him get him in there <laughs> but they were at like a sports news desk like that was like we created this whole like yeah it was like it was the most bizarre thing because we were finding out like as we were shooting something that like the thing we were shooting it for was done I for the that's year. A, a weird feeling. Yeah. It was That crazy. happened halfway through the day? Yeah. And you guys had to figure out what you were going to do to save the day? Yeah. And, and like, do something meaningful that day? Client was there. Like, I mean, we were just like trying to pivot like towards the end of like. I bet right. that was hilarious to watch them try to figure out what to do in real time. Yeah. I mean, nobody knew what was going on at that point. No. It's like. No. But it, it it. It was nuts. We were the first ones to go, and then people's, well, well, you know, production was was very early on, like a no go. Yeah. Not we're not going to put. I mean, it's inherently packing You're gonna rooms get full of people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the reason we we do it, and it went away real quickly. But then everybody's consumption of media went up on mm-hmm. every single platform, including the television. And so now there's this groundswell of need for more content. Right. And so they put it, they, they, everybody started realizing they needed stuff and they needed it quick and they needed stuff they didn't have yet because they messaging had changed too. Yeah. So everybody had to change their message in a lot of advert in a lot of cases for advertising. Yeah. That's what I, I, I kind of saw from my little no, for sure. world anyway. I mean, it made, it made a lot of people uncomfortable and like, I think it stretched in the creative world, I feel like it stretched a lot of people like yeah, having to think like differently. And like, this is not yeah. like, this is not normal. Like it did, but it also lowered people's threshold for what they've found acceptable um, in terms of quality of content they were willing to take in. You have Conan O'Brien and Stephen Colbert doing their late night show from their backyard yeah. or their, you know, office or whatever. And people are still watching. Yeah. They don't have anything better to do, but yep. it's certainly not a six camera show, you know, that cost them a hundred thousand dollars a night to produce. Like, right. you know, it's, it's zoom. 
Yeah. And people are watching it on primetime TV. Yeah. Crazy. So it kind of changed the, it kind of changed the vantage point, changed the Vista a little bit Yeah, for, for, for people who take in content, I feel like. And then Tiger King came out and everything was saved. <laughs> I strongly agree with that. <laughs> did you, uh, but did you get back to work pretty quick? Yeah. I, so, um, they started like basically bringing us back like as freelancers for, for okay. gigs. And then, um, I was kind of like, I'd been there. They basically were like, we're going to bring everyone back on as we can Yeah, based off of like who's been there the longest. So I'd yeah. been there the longest and got to come back. Um, but yeah, it was, it was crazy. I don't know. Like when did the, when did the, <laughs> the division kind of start building up to where you guys had resources in house to, to start doing your own stuff and doing yeah. your own productions instead of having to hire beef and pie to come in from Austin. And yeah. I mean, where we're at, like that stuff's always going to happen. Yeah. Like we're always going to have the million dollar TV, you know, shoot, but I feel like, like you're capable not, of doing that. Uh, I mean, yes and no. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't think I'm personally there yet, but, I mean, that's always like, I think what our goal is to like bigger budgets, bigger budgets. Like we keep within like the, your, within your team, within my team. Yeah. Because they're always like, and dude, this has been my, like, this has been my career, like the story of like in-house versus out of house. And I've always thought that if we were like a separate prodco, mm -hmm. that that would mentally be something different. Like creatives would like look at me differently <laughs> because like we weren't the in-house guys mm. i'm doing air quotes like so you think they would you think they would think you're better because you didn't work there yeah honestly i, I, I understand <laughs> yeah i don't I, I think it was just that like in-house mentality and I, I think i mean i really got caught up in that for a while like it it became toxic in a way um and i just had to like forget about that and just like yeah to but to feel like you're getting the work that is yeah viewed by a lot of people as lesser <laughs> right yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll just throw the in-house guys on it it doesn't have to be that good yeah 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 i mean I, <laughs> that's I, a tough feeling it's a tough feeling yeah it's hard because you're i mean it, you're you're at constant constant like you're going upstream you know yeah you're going upstream in in that in that fight but um i mean it's it's rewarding sometimes but like do you love did you did, how did you find like the because that could get inside your head if if you let it yeah. if you're a big ego guy yeah that could be real hard so how yeah. did you like get past it was it did it become a competition thing like i want to do better stuff than they're going out of house and spending 10 times as much money on yeah i mean i, I would look at it and be like ah oh, like we could do that or like or just like looking at stuff and being like man i want to be on that set next time so i can just like absorb what's mm. going on and I've had the opportunity a couple of times to, I mean, be on these massive shoots and just like be a fly on the wall. And like, I learned so much. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how I learned everything I know is like observing. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I'm sure it's tough too, because, you know, you said you did some freelancing, but pretty much since you've been in the workforce, you've been with the same company and yeah. somewhat you know how to do it your way yeah. if you're the only person there <laughs> when it starts off like yeah it's tough to get exposure to right. the way that other people are doing things and i think that is such a great value to our freelance market that we have here is they work sure. all over the place yeah and they bring in so many cool tips and tricks camera operators camera assistants gaffers grips yeah. everybody brings in stuff from going to work on a movie for a month in atlanta you know they're playing with the big boys and they're bringing us yep. bringing it back here and they're and they're making us better but if you don't if you're not subjected to that and if you're in a, a place that's resistant to working with the freelance community then you're only going to know how to right. do what you right what what you what you do on a daily basis and don't yeah. have any influence from outside for sure i mean I, I think that's huge and and i mean ryan reed and i were actually talking about this today it's like talking about like mark lewis being on set tomorrow for ryan being dit and for stills and it's like a year ago even that like before the pandemic like when we had photo shoots and i was available like i was assisting him on photo shoots because 
that's just what we did. Like it was like, well, yeah. you're you're not doing anything. Yeah, that you day, are so. <laughs> available, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah, I know and how, breathing. I know how to use Capture One. I can yeah. do that. But um, we just like talked about how like far we've come even since then, and like yeah. the people we've introduced into like our community of uh just freelancers and the people we work with like has has broadened just in the past couple of years but i mean i would say honestly there was four years maybe five where we like freelancers was like a foreign thing because we yet yeah, we had this in-house team and it was like we were expected to do that stuff at at this low cost and if if it went beyond that then they would have taken it out of house anyway right so it's it that like honestly bringing in and crewing up sets was like the past four years, like a new concept at Thomas. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's always Thomas to me. And, and, you know, I've only been here doing this 10 years or so, but like to me, the, the idea that I've always had in my head is that, you know, not only did, did Tombra's before, before you got there, before there was anybody in house, like I always felt like there was this feeling among the community, among the production companies in town, among the freelancers in town, um, kind of back to what you said earlier. Like if they're, if they're here, if they're in Knoxville, Tennessee, like there's got, they're an inferior product to somebody who is in Los Angeles or New York or Chicago. We have big clients. We need cachet to, you know, so there was, I always kind of heard this narrative that there was that feeling a little bit uh, that we couldn't punch with the big boys here, Mm -hmm. but it seems like that's been disproven and not only disproven um, from what, you know, what I, what I thought that the narrative was that I was hearing, but also the idea that Tomers doesn't hire local freelancers because they do now hire Mm -hmm. a lot of them and putting a lot of people to work. And it's very important. And because it takes, it takes a Tombris and it takes an out of town production company coming into town to hire people. It takes all these different things to make these people's yearly nut. And the fact that you guys are putting them to work is really important, I think. And it's helpful to the, to the whole community. And I'm glad that the last four years have come around and it's started to be that way. Yeah. I think it's just the evolution of, of the department and, and, getting to that level you know yeah you guys have somewhat become your own production company within the agency Mm -hmm. right yeah i mean that's that's where like every action every step we take i feel like that's what we're striving towards right like that's what that's how we're acting is as our own production company yeah but we're owned by tom Chris. you know it's the massive conglomerate but yeah yeah, I, i think like i think we've done so much and like had opportunities even in the past six months or a year where it's like, well, they definitely would have taken that out of house before now. And mm. and we've got, they gave us a chance. Like, I feel like we've had a couple of opportunities. It's like, they gave us the opportunity and like that pressure and like, like, yeah, we're going to like crush this. We're going to kill it. Like, we're excited. We're ready. You know, like mentality. Um, but yeah, yeah, a couple of those opportunities have happened recently. And it's it's like cool to see that we're like, getting bigger budgets and like being entrusted to do like bigger things that a creative team would have like naturally been like, let's take that out of house. Mm. That's great. How's Dom doing? Dom's good. Okay. I, dude, I have um Dom head stickers that I need to give you okay. one. <laughs> Did you ever see uh, Jesus among us? Um, I think I have. Okay. Is this like, was Dom Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't think he showed me that. Someone he probably wouldn't. Me. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember who it was, but I've seen that for sure. <laughs> so I've got a funny story. Okay. Dom, uh, somebody, I got like, I'd been, you know, directing and DPing at Pop Fizz for a little while. And I got a, uh, I got a call from a, an out of town production manager that was like, Hey, um, my name's blah, blah, blah. I've got, I've got, uh, I got your name from from Dom Giordano uh, for a shoot coming into town. What do you are you available next week? And I'm like, uh, yeah, sure, I'll you know come. What you know? What are we shooting on? What are we, what are we doing? And they're like, well, you know, we actually need an office PA for uh, for about two weeks. And I was like, oh man, I haven't PA'd in years, but Dom has given my name out to uh, 
production managers as a, as a production assistant, I was like, I really like this game. So I got a call for a PA gig a couple of days or somebody called and was like, Hey, we're coming to town. Um, uh, do you have any production assistants you could recommend for us when we come into town? I was like, I have got the best production <laughs> assistant in town. His name is Dom Giordano and he kills it. And so I, oh, uh, all the time i'm giving people's number that's called Don. <laughs> Don that's amazing i love that <laughs> i feel like it's a game i don't know if he's playing or not but yeah. i still get pa yeah. calls every now and then <laughs> dude i love that so much he's a great guy he he was like it was really cool when he started at thomas because i mean he's older than than we were and like brought like years of experience in the industry and he's done some really cool stuff He's got an Emmy in a box at his house somewhere. Yeah. yeah. He wouldn't tell anyone that. <laughs> he wouldn't tell anyone that. But uh, I had to ask him where his Emmy was. He was like, it's in a box. Like, oh, he knows exactly where he is. <laughs> <laughs> Sleeps with it. Yeah. No, uh, but he, man, he's great. He's such a great guy. He's such mm -hmm. a goofy guy. Um, but was he kind of the, the growth of that division over there? It was a big step, honestly. Yeah. Um, at that time we had Mary Helen who kind of came in as like the director of our department. And that was like the first, like we have a leader because before then was actually the person who hired me and she was like the uh, head of the digital department. And so she was like, kind of like managing our schedules. And so Mary Helen came in and was like running the department. Um, and she, is that when it kind of started to function as a production company? Uh, almost. Yeah. It was getting there. Yeah. It was getting there. Um, for sure. Um, but yeah, we were just, we were, we were growing like quickly, um, at that time. Um, like we had Tyler Stukesbury and Taz, like they started at the same, same time. And then we had Ryan come on. Cause I was like, Hey, like we need someone who's like solely focused on photos, you know? Yeah. And that's when you hired Ryan Reed. Yeah. Cool. And, and I guess you heard that story a couple weeks ago. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, and then like we had an editor, a lead editor come in or another cool. editor come in. We were just like growing pretty quickly. But yeah, Dom came in and it was like, he just brought this like different level, you know, like. He'd been doing it a while. He'd been doing it a while. Mm -hmm. So it was cool to see that. And he's also always been someone who like, he's not set in his old ways. Like he, he wants to learn. He wants to like yeah. stay up with trends and like that matters to him, which I, I, I think is great because when I'm like 50, I'm not saying he's 50, but when I'm 50, um, like, I don't know. I don't want to be the guy that's like set in my ways. I want to, yeah. I want to be keeping up with the trends. I, I don't guess. think, I think if you are that guy, you're not going to be working because true. Yeah. You, you got to dig into the new stuff. It's changing so quickly and it's making our lives a lot easier too. Yeah, that's true. Like it was not that long ago that you know, I, I was dropping tapes off at a transcription service for people to transcribe and get back to us two days later. Right. You know, print it out. And now that's AI, you know, and then it uploads straight to your editing yeah. stuff. And it's like it technology has gotten so much better. And if you resist that kind of stuff, it, you're you're at a disadvantage. Oh, and sure. people are gonna pass you by. Yeah. The people that are adopters. Yeah. And uh so I'm glad to hear that he's that, that he's on that, you know edge yeah. um, of it and, and i think that's hard to like i'm even finding trouble with it because i haven't shot like i'm glad you got to shoot film you know you said yeah when we started before we started that you got to you know shoot some film recently but like i haven't shot film and since film school right yeah like i got into the business right when it switched over mm -hmm. and like the guys who didn't switch over the guys who said no we're gonna do film films away it's the only way yeah they retired yeah it's I think like I'm glad that I've had like chances to be able to do that because I yeah. I mean I was digital from the beginning so I feel like it's I feel like it is valuable to like experience that and experience what that that feels like and I don't know it's just a different experience to shoot film. Yeah, you got to get it right. Yeah. I don't think it's like mandatory, but it's like, it's a cool thing. Like people should do that. Yeah. It's just expensive if you mess up. Yeah. And you don't know if you messed up but that's until important. later. Yeah. That's important though. It's what, like, messing up? Yeah. 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 I think but so. It's just the stakes are higher when you, you know, when you don't know for sure, mm -hmm. you know, if something was wrong. I mean, there's video playback and all that kind of stuff, but like really. Yeah. Did you expose that just like you wanted? Right can't tell don't have an lcd screen got an optical viewfinder right here <laughs> yeah and a light meter right and i'm hoping i got that right 
So, you know, yeah. and then it, two weeks later, when everybody's gone back home and your actors are on to the next thing, that's a bad time to find out that you messed something up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but that's also like part of that, part of the reason that the, that the uh, motion picture business proliferated when it did is because I think the, the, the barrier to entry got a lot lower because you can see on the back of your camera what a good shot looks like. You can right. you can see if, if it's lit right. You know you need to move over next to this window. So the technology also brought a lot more craftspeople into the space, which I think is pretty big too. Yeah. Because it used to be like an elite thing to be a director of photography. You mm -hmm. know, you were, you were a scientist as far as some people sure, yeah. thought. But now, like, you know how to frame a shot and – and how light works a little bit and you can afford a camera you're a dp baby yeah sure invoices say it right and they get paid yeah so i mean that's you just think about even the people with cell phones now you know the it's iPhone, one of the best cameras i've seen <laughs> cinematic mode coming out on the new iphone like yeah. it's just like that that's big like that's i don't i don't feel like i even think about that that much because you have people who everyone has a phone and you have these people who are like very creative yeah using this phone to do something that's like yeah what that's crazy like the camera can move that way or yeah. you know like oh well, i see people like behind the scenes making tiktok videos and i'm like that is brilliant that is a yeah. brilliant f technique that that person thought of yeah no joke today i put together a treatment for tiktoks did you yeah yeah we, <laughs> we like, just delivered a couple and it's it's it's, it's a different kind of content yeah. to make it is we got to figure it out though, or people are going to take right. our jobs. No, and I, I'm like, <laughs> honestly, like it's, it's been a struggle to figure that out. Like we have people at Thomas who are like almost TikTok famous. Like they, and they get, they get TikTok. They know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, we should, we should listen to them. Like we shouldn't as the video department, like yeah. elevate this. It's a different craft. Yeah. It's totally it's, different. seems like it. Like like having heads or tails on a shot doesn't really matter. Right. <laughs> like, like it's like the the comedic timing right. of like when something happens and the camera shuts off before we, the thing even ha finishes. Like, sure. Or, or, or like, you know, the line of action yeah. or, you know, avoiding jump cuts or like all the things that you're taught to, you know, not right. do when you're telling right. a narrative story, like all that stuff's out the window. And then it's like, Oh wow. I have a different set of tools to tell stories with, but I'm still, I already know how to speak this language over here. I'm already thinking like yeah, this, yeah. like I, I can't learn this new language, right. of, you know, how to tell a story vertically that, you know, with other things than linear storytelling at play. Yeah. And the people, I think that's a currency. Like the, the, the people that you guys, that, or that you you have that are almost TikTok famous, I'd be going, if I were them, I would be in that room saying, I needed to be the one doing every piece of TikTok right. for every single one of your clients. Yeah. Because I obviously know it better than everybody else. And it's really hard to know how, to, it's really hard to be good at. Yeah. I mean, that's a. I mean, we joked a, about it. I was like, we, sh we should have like a director of TikTok, you know? <laughs> like, should. We should. You totally should. Yeah. I think that's like where a lot of production companies are slow to slow to adopt like the the social media side. Yeah. People were so resistant to it for so long because it started out with really small budgets when, you know, pre-Facebook Live, you know, I'm, I'm talking, you know, 10 years ago when you could first start seeing videos on Facebook uh, and people were starting to make content for social like it, it didn't have budgets because it didn't have the eyeballs. And so yeah. it was the work that nobody wanted to do. It was, it was looked at as like, okay, I'll do that if I have to, but I would rather do this commercial work that yeah. has big budgets to it. But it was always just for social. Exactly. You know? <laughs> it's just for social. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be good. It just needs to be done. Just, right. so, you know, it's just, just social. Dude, my argument was always like, yeah, but like, is your TV this close to your face and yeah. like have more pixels than this phone? Yeah. I don't think it does. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it matters. It, it, it does. But then the paradigm started to change and cord cutting happened. People yeah. stopped watching television. Advertisers started to realize it was as important, if not more important, to have a social presence than it is to have a linear broadcast presence. Yep. And then, so all these production companies who were who were looking down on social media work this whole time, now it it becomes the thing. It becomes where seventy five percent of a brand's marketing budget 
you know, or, or an advertising budget goes to for, for motion picture stuff. And it's like, wait, we don't know how to do this yet. Like we don't know how to make social videos. Mm -hmm. And so you got to see this whole like group of people who were attuned to the language of telling stories for the internet that yeah. kind of like skyrocketed, you know, their careers and their companies and all that because they, because they were familiar with the landscape of social media advertising and they knew how to make videos for YouTube. Yeah. And now all of a sudden that's the king. And so I, I think that there's a, a little bit of a trap there to where if you're, again, like if you're stuck in your ways, like I just want to make big budget commercials for Audi, right? you know, yeah. I'm missing the boat because I could be making Dollar Shave Club commercials for, you yeah. know, whatever and doing just as well and getting 10 times as many people watching it. Yeah. It's such a like fine line because it's, it's like on one hand, like I don't want to be the TikTok, like iPhoneographer. Yeah. Like I don't want to be seen as that. Yeah. Like I want to be a DP. Yeah. But on the same, like, it's like, what, what can I, like, what is the added value I can add into this concept to, to these TikToks? Um, and like, I don't know. I, I, I think I want to be the person that's like, this person is doing it really well. Let me like put all my energy behind this person doing it really well and not like you mean somebody else doing it yeah doing the tiktok yeah. uh stuff better than you yeah like i mean a young person like they get it like they know what what how to do that stuff and i know but doesn't it feel like we're getting left behind by not being able to do it doesn't it feel like we're not changing to the yeah to the do landscape you, but is it like or is it a different landscape right is it a different part of the world? Should it be considered the same thing? Yeah, I don't know. I, I like. I feel like we're in this in-between world right now. But but I, I'll tell you what, you have a lot fewer TikTok videos trying to look like broadcast commercials yeah. than you do broadcast commercials trying to look like TikToks. That's true. Yeah, so yeah. if you're looking for a sign. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, it's like, it's just, it's interesting. It's such a different, um, I mean, I, I I feel like it's the same potentially is going from like film to digital <laughs> like I think it figuring is a, that out it's like, yeah it's another platform shift and that's what i'm saying is like there's trappings there like i've told you i watched the guys that didn't adapt and had to retire yeah yeah <laughs> and then like we're in this place where it's like shit we need to make stuff for social right and to be able to make you know vertical video or we're gonna be the old guard that doesn't get to move on with everybody yeah. else yeah and so i don't i won't be there i don't either but I also don't want to spend all day on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Watching stuff. Right. I yeah, it's just it's just figuring it out. Like I mean, I you can't bring the level of production from a TV spot to a TikTok shoot. Like yeah. it, it it wouldn't matter. Like it wouldn't matter if you have great lighting or it's like the best audio ever on well, a TikTok. I've found <laughs> that it it betrays the idea. And the yeah. idea is that it looks like, I mean, the crude nature of it. It's like the whole green screen, like, effect. Like, the whole point, point of that is, like, seeing, like, the real background behind them, like, going in and out. Like, that's what's funny about it. It's yes. not that it's, like, a perfect key. Yeah, it's, it's not that. Yeah, exactly. So so making something that is is perfect and beautiful goes against yeah. <laughs> the yeah. idea here. Right, right. Yeah, it's tough, man. We're going to have to figure it out. Yeah. We're, a, we're gonna get left behind i'm telling you dude i know it's, I we're not that old but it's we're not. <laughs> it's still happening yeah i it's it's a new it's still technically i feel like a new platform but it's it's changing a lot of things like we i mean we're getting we're doing stuff for bushes beans tiktoks we're doing zaxby's tiktoks really i feel like i can say all that i don't even yeah, i don't know if that's I'm like sure you can. <laughs> Did you sign an nda mm -hmm. <laughs> perfect mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. No, I I think that's all like public knowledge. Yeah, I don't yeah. feel like that's but yeah, it's like it's coming. There's big know? brands that are obvious that yeah. see value in it. They're yeah. obviously getting into it. But if you look around, a lot of them are struggling with it because mm -hmm. it is antithetical to what they've been doing forever. Right. And you can't put the same content content you're producing on TikTok that you're putting on Instagram and Facebook. And I feel like from what I see and what I hear other people that are a lot smarter than me say is like TikTok is a tough environment for brands to live in. Yeah. Like it really lends itself to individuals and to, to personalities. Yeah. Um, to be able to, to, to get a lot of eyeballs and a lot of views, but like, 
People don't want a sales pitch. They can sniff it from a mile away. People hate getting advertised to if they know they're getting advertised to. Yeah. And they're kind of watching this stuff to get away from all that too. Right. So I've, uh, I've noticed or, and I've heard people say that brands are having a hard time yeah. figuring out TikTok. You don't want to look like a brand on TikTok. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a quick like swipe past it. So it's. Yeah. You've got like a half a second. Yeah. To, to win somebody's eyeballs. Which is crazy. Yeah. It's nuts. But they, you, yeah. You, you got to like live in the same world like as TikTok. You got to be in that environment as a brand. Yeah, feels feels tough, but but I also do think that we've watched. I think we've watched brands learn a lot, do a lot of. Um, I don't know. They've done they've 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 done brave moves from what was safe at the time, into you know trying to figure out new ways to tell their story to where their to where their people are. And yeah, I don't know. I can only I can only think it's good to see. You know, the, like I said, the 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 barrier to entry getting lower and more and more people uh, being able to do things that are kind of pushing everybody else to be better. Sure, yeah. You feel that yeah. nipping at your heels a little bit. You got to do. Yep, yep. Yeah. What else you got? What you got coming up? Anything fun? Well, you got that van out there. Yeah. That thing's sweet. Thanks. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a, a, sh- a tall shorty. The high roof van, the old tall shorty. Yeah, Yeah, it's sweet. You're making a camper out of that thing or something? Yeah, we're we're like, um, I think my wife and I like in the pandemic we're just like dreaming, and that was we love to travel and we like camping, and it was like a dream. And I started watching van life videos, and it went downhill from there. But I was or uphill, I guess you can say. (laughs) But. uh, yeah, we just were. We just kept asking ourselves, "Why not? Why not? Like, why would we not do this? Why would we not try to like take some time to off work and travel?" So yeah, I'm building it out. So cool. I saw it on. Uh, I saw one of your Instagram stories the other day. <laughs> You're building it out. I was super jealous. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's real great. We've me and my wife spent a lot of time in uh, in a Volkswagen Eurovan pop top so Westphalia. Cool. Yeah, going across the country before we were married and had kids. And man untethered from right reality dude i'm stoked honestly but also just <laughs> face deep in reality too yeah just what's important right there. sure yeah you know very primal no well, I, I mean I, as primal as you know being in a it's more primal than what's normal i guess yeah it's so freeing though i'm so excited i think it's super cool that you did that too yeah but uh well, yeah I'm, I'm stoked to do that and and just just get like a reset like we've we've been trying to have kids for a while and so this is just like a dream that like yeah we can we can do and we can just travel and like be with each other and it'll be fun we love it make the best the best uh memories of your life i hope (laughs) do you know do you have a trip planned out or do you know where what your bunch of trips or different like Um, places you're gonna go we're gonna try to do like a couple weekend trips before we actually take off um but Basically, my little brother's getting married like towards the end of April. And so we're going to, I think that's like the start of it. Okay. And so we're going to start in Charlotte and like go up at the time. We'll have friends in Columbus. So we're going to like make it there and then just like head off towards Washington. Like State. obviously, yeah, obviously make, I mean, that's like a month long, two, yeah. a month and a half long journey. Um, I mean, you can do it in two and a half days if you have to. Sure. Yeah. No, that's not the <laughs> pace we're going. Yeah, I like it. Um, yeah, we've got friends there and probably take a month and a half to go down California coast and then coming back through like Colorado, Utah on the way back to Tennessee. Okay. So like the cat's out of the bag on this, on this road trip, you're, 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 Damn. you're talking about it. You're doing it. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a long time. Yeah. Now we've, we've been telling people and it's like, it makes it real when you tell people. So yeah, it's, I think it's going to happen. Yeah. That's great. And you're just going to stay in the van. Live in the van. Dude, hotels are like $150 a night. So just remember that when you're out there, just like doing your break even. Yeah. You're like, okay, we got to stay on the road for, you know, another three weeks and then we will have broken even on not paying for hotels yeah, yeah. by buying this van. It's definitely been a topic already because my wife loves a really nice hotel. Yeah. So we're like, okay, once a month, we'll get a hotel room. God, they say chivalry's <laughs> dead, man. I don't know. I don't know. That sounds yeah. like, I mean, just a gentleman. 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's the plan so far. But <laughs> dude, that's 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 going to be excellent. You're going to the Pacific Northwest in the spring. Yeah, it's perfect time of year to be up there. Yeah, yeah. No, no real plans though. I mean, that's just like the general yeah, journey path. line, I guess. Yeah. Check out Moab. Yeah. Spend some time there. I I, I really like that place. Cool. I don't know why. Yeah. But. I like I like that whole things. part of Utah. Right. All that red limestone, dude. Yeah. We went to um, Zion and Bryce yeah. oh, this you, past you've year. You've done so. it then. Yeah. But I mean, we freaking loved it. We would go back. Like, we know the campsite in Zion National Park that we're like going to go back to because it okay. was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Then Northern California, you going to check any of that out? Yeah. That's kind of like super rural. Just like a bunch of farming and agriculture and- Yeah. There's very yeah. few big cities. I haven't there. really been. I've been to like Portland a couple times, but never really like Northern California per se. I like the gorge in uh, Washington yeah. State. It's really pretty. Yeah. The Columbia River Gorge. Columbia River Gorge. Yeah. I've uh, flown in a helicopter with the doors off over the Columbia River Gorge. Oh, I bet that was rowdy. <laughs> it was sick. Yeah. I had one of those like, I want to say the brand is called Tyler. But it's like a gyro. Yeah. But it like there's like a stick that sits in your seat. So you had a camera on it? Yeah. I had a red on it. And you had a red like a scarlet or it was a scarlet, yeah. Okay. Scarlet W maybe. Uh but had it like hooked into the carabiner and like to the <laughs> helicopter. Um it was for Freightliner. And so they're oh, they're based awesome. out of Portliner or Portland. And uh we were like Basically, we went ahead of the like convoy, went to this airport. I was picked up in this helicopter, and we like caught back up with them. We had radios, and we could we could with talk the to trucks. Each other. Yeah, and so we uh, like filmed them going along like this highway that's right on the Columbia River Gorge. But that was awesome. It was sick. Isn't uh, aerial stuff from a helicopter so much better than drone stuff? It is. Well, at least for the operator, like <laughs> yeah, it, it looks so much better oh yeah you can't get those clean like direction yeah like axes changes yeah, on, on a drone that you can get on on a gyro on yeah. a helicopter that that same shoot we had um one of those shot overs on a helicopter oh and they flew over it the... was like contracted they totally separate from what we were doing but yeah they like flew over the interstate and had like all these spe special like regulations to do it and everything but that was that was pretty cool you didn't shoot that? No. Yeah, we were shooting. We like you got to have a different kind of insurance to shoot that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean that they're like that's like what they do. I mean, yeah, they're like they can float like fly like six inches off the ground or something. Oh like, my gosh! Yeah, ah, oh, it's so fun. It was cool that we there was one point though that um we were like flying over water and uh, he just like pulls up real quick. And I was like, whoa! He was like, sorry about that power lines it's <laughs> <was> like okay <laughs> like sorry about that power lines yeah. and i saw them at the last moment <laughs> you know uh at least he wasn't like sorry about that <laughs> just had a terrible nightmare yeah <laughs> I, have, I have a tick that makes me do that yeah. you know? sometimes i just pass out it's crazy dude i'm so excited for your trip i'm so excited i'm excited to get to to know you, to talk to you a little yeah. bit after the, you know, however, uh, to 2014. 14, yeah. yeah. When we had our first chat. Yeah. That's cool, dude. Yeah. I'm enjoying getting to meet your, your your people too, your crowd, the crowd you run with and work with, really talented yeah. folks. And Yeah, man. We're we're trying at least. <laughs> doing really good, good stuff. That's cool. I love it, man. I, I think, I think like what you're doing is awesome. And I think like, I mean, any any type of like meetup I've been to, like, um, or just like meeting people that you are know are in the industry in Knoxville, and like you've never met them, but like, it's just so cool to do that. And I think I think this podcast is doing that. It's like bringing people together. It's bringing, like, I'm learning about people and their backstories and their lives that I work with before I've been on set or I've I've yeah. heard about, you know, yeah, which is super cool. I love that. Yeah, I do too. And you know, I I, I think you know, more than anything, it's cool for us to get to know our peers and people that work, you know, in our industry or in adjacent, mm -hmm. you know, industries. Music, I think is a cool, cool one too, to hear from some of these artists that come in and all that. But um, 
I, I, I agree with you. And I'm curious about them, which is why I do it to begin with, like you. Like, I, I, it, this is a great excuse for us to come over and hang out and, yeah. and chat and get for to know sure. each other. And, you know, but I, I think uh, people that have, that, that have heard of you are going to be really excited to get to know you a little bit better, too. Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks, thanks for doing it a lot. Yeah, man. It's been fun. I want to go check out that van. Let's do it. <laughs> Woo-wee. Not bad. Dig it. Thank you guys for being here. Check us out on Instagram at South of Scruffy. Do the Patreon thing. Patreon.com slash South of Scruffy. Send us an email. South of Scruffy at gmail.com. We got our hundredth episode coming up and uh, you guys need to start sending us in your favorite moments from the first hundred episodes. We may do something special for a hundred. We haven't decided yet, but we may. We'll see. You guys be good. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. And we'll talk to you real soon. All right. Pitchwire. Play me out. <laughs>